Hey guys, and welcome to this edition of the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and for this week's episode, I'm going to be speaking to Extinction Rebellion. The Shrewsbury branch are going to pop in and have a chat with me. I did say a while ago that I wanted to speak to these guys about, you know, let's talk about what you are trying to tell us. What's the message you're trying to communicate? You know, they were doing, uh, they've been doing protests up and down the country, you know, closing up bridges and lying down the banks and things like that. And I was kind of like, well, let's talk about what you guys need to say. So they came in and it was a really nice interview. I was a bit worried, I'm not going to lie, you know, because it's not everybody's cup of tea. This, uh, this, this whole thing, but it's really important. And it, it's important to me, you know, that uh, everybody gets to grip with what's going on with climate change because it's not, it's not a myth. It is, it's going to affect us all. Um, and, you know, when it's, it's something, an important point that we all need to get a grip of. And that's what um, Extinction Rebellion are trying to do. It was a really insightful interview and I really enjoyed it. So thank you so much for those guys for coming to join me. They told me to uh, mention to you guys that they do have a meeting. We mentioned it on the interview, but I think they gave the wrong time or something, so I've had to edit that out. But here it is. The uh, Shrewsbury Extinction Rebellion meeting will be on the 11th of September between 7 and 9 p.m. at the Unison Club uh, at Abbey Fourgate. So if you're interested in going, message them on their Facebook. They've got an an XR Shrewsbury Facebook page. You can message them there or, you know, just turn up. I'm sure it'd be very insightful. So, you know, the, the numbers are growing all the time. There's lots of people joining uh, joining forces with these guys. And, I've, you know, it'd be great to check out. Um, so thank you again to those guys. We have got so much going on this month. And, um, you know, <laughs> it never goes to plan, doesn't it? When you're doing these things, um, obviously with the, the trip to Ireland that you guys have seen on, on my social media, had to pack my bags and just go. Uh, you know, I've finished recording an episode of a podcast at half past nine in the in the evening, and then by eight o'clock the next morning, I was on a ferry to Ireland, and it was a very impromptu kind of planned thing. And so it threw everything, in, you know, everything in the air as far as podcast planning was concerned. But I have caught up, and I am. I've already got um, lots planned this month. Um, I'm going to be speaking to Sarah Hopper from the Ferndale B and B. I wanted to get a glimpse into, you know, a very popular um, yeah, place to stay in Shrewsbury during the crazy season. So I was like, you know, this, this crazy spell you're going through. Would you mind if I interrupted you for an hour or so so we can talk uh, on a podcast? <laughs> and that's what we're going to do. Um, so that's that one. Uh, I'm also going to be speaking to Joe from the uh, Shrewsbury Folk Festival this week. And we have the flower show coming on Friday uh, the 9th uh, up to Saturday the 10th uh, that, that's really exciting I can't wait to get to that I'm gonna I'm gonna go there walk around with a microphone speak to people hi are you enjoying the flower show speak to me for my podcast that's what I'm gonna be doing and then hopefully at the end of the month I'm gonna sit down and do a flower show recap you know what was it all about what did I enjoy what what was great about it I also have uh, I spoke to my boy uh, Sir Simon Bell uh, you remember from episode one um, we are actually trying to organize a really special interview this month. So that will be a bit of a bonus episode if we can get it together. But for this week, I would like you guys to sit down, relax and enjoy this episode. Um, speaking to Extinction Rebellion. Um, going with an open mind. If like, One of the messages I mentioned through this is just because you don't understand something doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. So go in with an open mind, listen to what they have to say and decide afterwards. Because, you know, a lot of what they're saying is, is serious, serious, um, you know, makes sense. And, you know, we need to wake up and smell the coffee because uh, there's certain things that need to be changed. And this um, podcast will give you an insight into that. So thank you, guys. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, for now, peace out. Today I'm, I'm I'm sat with um, two representatives from Extinction Rebellion. Um, could I get your names first of all? So you, you're Anna Morris. You're Anna Morris and <laughs> Richard Davis. Richard Davis, fantastic. Thank you for joining me on the biscuit. Um, I have deci- I've decided a while ago 
Uh, I think it was after I saw the the was it the die the die in Davis. Davis. Oh, I'll put Morris Morrison Morrison. Sorry. That was my granddad, Richard Morris. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she yeah, actually said my name is Richard Davis, and I wrote <laughs> Richard Morris because this is the way my mind is working today. I'm not quite with it. Yeah, after you guys, uh, I saw the thing at uh, the Bar- Barclays Bank uh, where you guys you kind of pretended to die on the floor. We did. Yeah, <laughs> I was there. Yeah, uh, I was like, okay. <clears throat> so there's lots of these, uh, lots of the protests. I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm I'm kind of running you guys down because I'm really not. Okay, um, but like you know the the protests and things like that that they're absolutely spectacular. And you know for us of bystanders. Um, they're, they're expect- spectacular to see, but there's like I'd like to add a bit of context to that. Like, what is what is the message that you guys are trying to get? I mean, we, we get the broad idea of it. You know, climate change is 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 he- we're heading to you know whatever you- <laughs> destruction. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what. So let's let's talk about ways we can kind of help things. You know. Um, so the, the the events like the die-in and other things we're doing, they are deliberately attention-grabbing, um, and it's to, to raise the point, really, that we are reaching crisis point. Um, things need to be turned around very rapidly. So um, we want the government to pay attention, treat it like the crisis that it is. Um, Barclays Bank, for example, are a big investor in fossil fuels. So our, one of the big messages of Extinction Rebellion is that Business as usual is not an option. So carrying on the way we are and making small tinkering at the edges, putting you know solar panels on roofs and um, making small personal changes, that's all great and everything helps. But actually the scale of the crisis that we're looking at and the speed that things are changing, um, we need something way, way bigger than that. So it's, it's sort of deliberately attention grabbing to, to make the point we need the government to make big legally binding policies and starting now. From the 15th of April, the, the first big event in London, I think the, the kind of response of the media and the visibility of this issue um, across, uh, across the piece has been dramatically different. So I think that has been incredibly effective. And that's also kind of come at a time when there's been significant climate related weird stuff going on weather wise. And obviously today we're in, you know, Whaley Bridge. Um, Last week, heat waves heat where waves. trains were cancelled because the lines were buckling you know we're, we're seeing the real effects right here and right now yeah of, of course individual weather effects um you know we've had heat waves in the past there's had been floods in the past but the uh, increasing frequency and the fact that as a as a global pattern um it's all increasing and getting more severe and well, we're heading but your yeah. facebook your facebook group is, is it shares some of the most oh, catastrophic and heartbreaking sort of stories like you see, there was one picture of like it's, I don't know where it was in the in the world, but it was a reservoir, not a reservoir. It was um, uh, an estuary, and it was just absolutely jam packed, full of just trash, just floating, and like there's kids that like, picking stuff out the river, and you know, it's it's like we're just ignoring what's going on around the world, and say like, yo, yeah, it's great, let's 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 change everything in London and Cardiff and Edinburgh and things like that. But what's going on in other countries in the world how can we how can we make a stance that reflects everything that's going on in the world what do we do what's i mean xr has has made real progress in terms of other places um starting groups so we're i don't dozens of countries i don't have the exact number but solomon islands to australia <coughs> um, spain to south africa usa and india all have xr groups now all doing stuff uh and there many of the rebellions now are international um, in nature, all of this started here in the UK. So XR itself began here. Um, so I think we can be really proud of that. But I think we're seeing things change very rapidly. And we've obviously had ecological and environmental groups for many years, Friends of the Earth. Well, people are paying attention to you, like, uh, you yeah. know, and like the things that like they're dying and things like, that, like you were saying, grab attention, but that's what it's doing. And now you're on the world famous Shrewsbury Biscuit. Uh, so, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's working and people are paying attention, but is it going fast enough? you guys no 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 and that's why we're you know we're not stopping jobs not done and um, we're we're really only just beginning um i think um one of um extinction rebellions messages is um is one of one of their key na- goals is to ask the media to tell the truth the government and the media and i think that we're, we're actually making real inroads with that the narrative in the media the fact that climate crisis 
is in the news pretty much every day. Um, extreme weather events are now being linked to climate crisis as a global pattern rather than just saying, you know, oh, isn't it nice that everybody's on the beach in in, uh, in April or whatever? You yeah. know, we're, we're starting to see a, a much um, clearer narrative that uh, this isn't all good news and that um, that rapid action is needed. So I think we are we are making progress on the changing the the public conversation and changing the policy the conversation at policy level as well. Not enough is happening, and we still need to push harder. But we are starting to you know see people starting to wake up and take notice. I mean, I saw a stat uh, this morning that you know seventy one percent of people feel like. Um, Climate change is a more important subject to be talking about than Brexit. Yeah, yeah, and that's a peach, right? That's a peach because it's no, a good number. where, <laughs> yeah. where, where is, uh, where, where is all the, uh, where, where's all the news stories? Where, where, where is it all? You know, people, all these people want things to happen, but when they're not talking about it in the press, which is what you were saying, right? People think short term, and I guess that's why we, <clears throat> how we've got in the situation that we're in. Um, policymakers and scientists have known about the climate crisis we are heading towards. Um, for a really, really long time. And it's really the failure of political action over the last couple of decades um, that's got us in the situation that we're in now. So there is an, it is an emergency and they now need to step up and make rapid, rapid action um, because of the failure to do it for, for so long. I mean, I remember even leaving, I left school in like 2002, something like that. They were talking about climate change back then. And yeah. um, up until about five years ago, it was all... This microphone's driving me crazy. Uh, it's, always, it's always been like... Um, a real big talking point, you know. It's like you know, think uh, global. We're just talking, you know, the yeah, action we just, yeah. wasn't there. Yeah, and now we're at a point where we need um, massive action because we've left it so late. So the analogy that I use is that um, normally, on a on, say on a work day, you need to leave the house at eight. You set the alarm for seven, uh, and you have time to do all your normal routines. Well, we've we've woken up at ten to eight, and we've still got to leave the house at eight. So we're going to have to forget our normal way of thinking, forget yeah. our usual routines, forego the shower, get a coffee on the way to work. We've still got to leave the house at eight in order to solve this problem. So, And it can be done. It has to be done. But I feel like the, the thing that's kind of derailed a little bit is these climate change deniers. I don't want to say the T word at all. Um, you said the B word. I said the B word. I don't want to say the T word. But that guy over there, um, he's kind of... Uh, denying that anything's going on that there's no there's no evidence to support climate change where, where does he get the right to say things like this what where, where does that well, come from you just have to follow you just have to think about the reasons why is he saying that what are, what are his vested interests and he's you know he's um he's got a lot of financial interests and he represents people with a lot of financial interests in not yeah. doing anything about it yeah. we're, we're not we're not gaining anything personal from from being in XR, most people in XR, you know, are, are normal people doing normal jobs. We haven't got any like cl- um, financial interest in uh, in turning this around. We just want a planet for our kids to grow up on. Yeah, so it's it's all about looking at what their motivations are for saying the things that they're saying. I guess there was um, a group of, that on Facebook. I saw um, this famous artist, and he, he draws like these amazing pictures of like to represent the failure in, 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 in this sort of thing and, and the destruction of the earth and things like that. And it's like, um, there's a there's a guy with a gas mask on and he's breathing the fumes from a plant to try and survive while he's surrounded by garbage. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's, at this point, you realise that you can't eat money, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah. it always reminds me of Wally, that movie, Wally. Yeah, yeah Wally yeah, yeah. and the Dr. Zeus one as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Oh, it'll come back to me in a minute. Yeah, another, another good analogy. The Lorax. Yeah, the Lorax. Yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, it, we've got, we've got to, we've got to stem it somehow. And um, is, are there, is there anything that you guys have thought of? Anything like, say, say um, tomorrow, um, Boris and Mister T suddenly, <laughs> suddenly turn around. Okay, Extinction Rebellion. You got full reins. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do from there? You know, I know that's a really hard <clears> question to ask. No. It's quite a f- Say the question again, because actually, what my brain went off on. Don't so call him ex- Mr. T. That's like giving him way kudos, way more than he deserves. <laughs> Mr. T. <Sorry. laughs> um, what was the question again? Uh, so, say Extinction Rebellion get given uh, full control on how we can make the changes from tomorrow. Bam, let's go. What do we do? I mean, it's really packed question there because there's a lot yeah. to talk about. But what would you suggest? Yeah, I mean, for me, we have to start with less. So, fundamentally, we live in really rubbish buildings. Um, in this nation, there are 22 million homes that people live in that waste 
dramatic amounts of energy. So yeah. they're expensive to heat and the, the kind of electricity use in those places is crazy. So we have to we can't build our way in terms of renewables out of this. So we need to kind of put a lid on uh, essentially the way we're using energy in our homes initially. And that, that would create lots of jobs. It's economically a vibrant thing to do. Because yeah. when you go back to talk about what Trump's supporting, the alternative is actually really beautiful. The You know, I don't know if you've been in an, in an electric car or have lived in a kind of passive house or been in super efficient buildings or kind of LED lighting or photovoltaics. All of these technologies are brilliant. So it's about radical policies to actually enact all of that stuff as quickly as possible. Um, obviously, Shrewsbury really struggles with air pollution, transport's a real issue. So thinking about how we would change the system. Um, so so it's about thinking about the policies that are going to deliver that radical change. Yeah. Uh, and, and all of those alternatives are, are beautiful and lovely. There's all, there's all sorts of different ways that it can be tackled. And, and one of the things that Extinction Rebellion um, promotes is that is that we don't that we as members of Extinction Rebellion don't hold all the answers and don't think it should all be up to us. What we think the government needs to do, and quickly, is to set up a citizens assembly. So it's like a jury service type thing. People are selected randomly, so the whole cross section of society is represented. And those <coughs> those people get to make the decisions about what's the appropriate mix of solutions around um, changing, um, you know, changing the way we live. What sacrifices are worth it? What's priority? But all you know aimed at um, achieving carbon neutrality as soon as possible. But um, but not necessarily saying that um, you know the the prime minister gets the, the you know gets to decide or the cabinet gets to decide or extinction rebellion members get to decide. But we as a society, a cross section of our society, get to decide how we achieve this by taking evidence from experts. You know, like in a an expert witness sort of thing in yeah. a in a jury. Well, I, I had this idea of I was thinking about it last night. I was thinking about that idiot in uh, Brazil that's on about just you know destroying the Amazon rainforest. And I was thinking, why can't the UN get involved? You know, there's all these clever people sat around, uh, you know, talking about the most important, you know, problems and, and solutions in the world. And, you know, we've been told many times that if you lose the Amazon, you're losing like a good resource. A planetary for, resource. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. Um, why can't they, you know, like America, like they, they pay their taxes for NASA, for example, you know, a chunk of their, 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 their tax goes to NASA. Why can't everybody in the world that pays taxes, a small portion go towards like, almost something like NASA, but for climate change, some of the biggest scientists in the world, some of the, you know, economical, you know, brilliant people, just one big company that can go around and be like, mm, okay, so we don't need to do this. We can take a little bit of this out. You yeah. guys over there, you can't destroy the rainforest to stop it. Or, you, you know, why can't they do so that? So we do have the IPCC, the Inter Intergovernmental uh, Panel on Climate Change, yeah. but that's scientific... Um, evidence it's advisory they don't have decision making or policy making capacity so i guess what you're talking about is is um you know the yeah IPCC i've, I've read teeth. about them and didn't didn't trump say that they're they're not viable or something like that you know there was something there where yeah, he was like I mean, we're not going to listen to them we're just going to carry they, on they are the gold standard internationally for yeah. scientific evidence i mean yeah he 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 will undermine anything that anybody says if it's not in his interest yeah i think we just need to sideline he's that a businessman kind of isn't it see it for what it is he's a businessman and like like you said money seems to be the most the driving force for everything in the world at the moment regardless of how many people die you know, and regardless of how many and people... And the costs of adapting to the kind of climate change we're looking at if we don't do something about it soon, you know, the costs are going to be astronomical of, of, of trying to make life livable on the planet that's too warm, where this level of destruction is going on um, regularly, where, you know, regular heat waves are something that over a billion people experience, um, the kind of crop failures from too much water or not enough water. You know, it's not going to... It's not going to, you know, we're not just going to carry on as we are. No. People seem to think that we can, we can just stay at status quo. We can't. Status quo is changing, and we have to make sure it changes in a positive direction, not the catastrophic direction that it's heading in at the moment. Yeah, we've seen we've seen some crazy things happening, like you said, with the weather, like with that dam that just that just is about to collapse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in Derbyshire, yeah. In Derbyshire, uh, that that was crazy. I, I read about that and. Um, What's happened with? Do you know what's happened with that dam? I don't understand how that how that um, illustrates climate change. I don't understand. Is it because the water swelled a bit more? I don't know. There was a, there was a massive rainfall in a short amount of time, um, and the dam couldn't cope. Basically, yeah. so yeah, we get you get um, so um, when global 
temperatures, global average temperatures um, increase, you just get increased instability of weather. So you get more extreme events more often. So you get too, you know, you get rather than having pitter-patter rainfall averaged over the year like we're used to, you're going to get extreme amounts of rainfall in short amounts of time and then none for ages. And that's when things like dams burst and then you get droughts. And Yeah, and it's also under investment in infrastructure, so it's a kind of 200-year-old dam and yeah. and it's it was built in a very different situation. So Darwin was born... 210 years ago and the human population at that time was just 1 billion so it's now 7.7 billion co2 emissions when sorry co2 concentration in the atmosphere when darwin was born were 284 parts per million Um, today they're 410 parts per million so that's a 44 and a half percent increase in just 210 years since darwin was born two miles down the road and although that doesn't sound very much parts per million it you can imagine a a glass of clear water and if you were to drop a single drop of milk into that water that would then give rise to that water not being clear anymore and it's that's the the impact and the effect that co2 has in our atmosphere to to heat essentially so the sunlight enters the earth and then can't escape through this milky co2 rich atmosphere and that's what's happening and I, I saw I saw something a while ago that um, was it China they were installing these huge um, I don't know if they're like almost like dehumidifier or air filters or something on top of their skyscrapers because I like China China this was for air pollution yeah 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 because yeah. Um, yeah. obviously China's cr- crazy bad for smog isn't it you know they wear the masks and they struggle to breathe asthma's crazy over there and people really struggling and so. Uh, why why can't we do that? <laughs> why can't we just install? I know these are these are simple questions I'm asking because you know I just don't understand. And I, this is the problem I think. This is the same with it. Like people that don't understand things, like extinction rebellion, like like climate change, um, like Brexit, for example, they just tend to ask silly questions and get a little bit, you know. So why can't we just install air filters everywhere and it makes things better? I think they're called trees. Trees. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and maybe they'll help bring the temperature down yeah. long term as well if we plant yeah. enough of them. So it's, yeah. a, it's a bit of a prevention as well as a cure. How is this guy in Brazil getting away with chopping down all this rainforest? I don't understand how, how he's getting away with it. He was voted in. Yeah. But that has a like that's not a Brazil so, problem. That's a that's, that's a, a whole that's earth problem. You know. Totally. Totally. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a moral. Um, dimension and an international global responsibility um, there as well that's but, um, that's being failed. But I think in Ethiopia, haven't they just planted a record number of trees? No. So there's lots of really, really hopeful parts yeah. of the world yeah. that are doing amazing things as well. I think uh, and that's partly what Extinction Rebellion uh, are, are about. It's, um, yes, we want people to be um, to update themselves on the science and um, and what's actually going on and where we're projected, what the trajectory is of where we're going. Um, so there are lots of reasons to be fearful. But then there are also, if we all act now, if people really come together and um, across the planet, but um, going back to your point about, um, you know, what's the point in doing something in the UK if it's it, we need a global solution? Yes, but our influence is on our government. Yeah. We need our government to make changes and our government to work with other governments. I totally agree. Absolutely yeah. agree. Like we were talking, can I just, your mic has slipped right down. Oh, sorry. No, it's not your fault. It's my... So uh, yeah, to turn it around to, to so that we've got plenty of reasons to be cheerful and not just focusing on the reasons to be, to be <laughs> fearful, which my, is, um, you know, where we are at the moment. Yeah. But that's really about getting people to wake up and realise what the situation is. And, and, it, then, and it goes back positively. to it goes back to what I was saying about when people just don't understand when they don't understand it's like oh those extinction rebellions it's like like in, in, in like back in like I always say about Nam like when people come out of Nam and the hippies go oh, let's go to peace no war and that sort of stuff it was always the like the government and the people that know what they're talking about versus the hippies and I can sense a bit of that now like we I watched uh, an interview uh, yesterday with Sky Sky News and there's one of your your guys Claire. I was being um, interviewed with another guy. I've written down like bullet points while I was trying to look after my little boy yesterday. Um, but like the the way the the interview started was very much like an ambush. First of all, the the presenter on, on Sky News, she got the the girl. She introduced her as Claire, but then got her name wrong. That was like very much. A, it sounded like a dig to try and belittle her. Sort a of undermining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, and then the the whole interview was just dragging up points that she hadn't even made. Uh, about other people, about or, or other groups, and it was just like an attack at this girl. And she, she to be fair, she was really impressive in how she stood her ground. Yeah, I've seen um, her in other interviews. She's good, isn't she? She's uh, quite and, clear about her. 
that is that for me is a, is an example of people just don't understand where this girl's coming from. Understand yeah. where you guys are coming from. So instead of okay, let's hear these guys out. Let's 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 just be really hostile towards them. Yeah, yeah I, and I felt actually, if you really listen to the content of what she was saying, what he was saying, there wasn't a million miles between their positions, but the, it was the the manner was it was set up to create this conflict between them to yeah. say you're saying one thing and you're saying another. Actually, on most things, they were they were very closely overlapping about it was, they were talking about the population yeah. um, element to the. Um, to the climate crisis and whether or not rich people should be not having babies. I, th- I think it was, there was some news. Harry and, and Meghan Markle had, uh, they've had one baby and they were like, are you going to have any more? And I think Harry said something along the lines of, I'm not going to have any more because of the effect we'd have on, our, on, the, on, the, yeah. on the, the, the climate or, you know. And it was a debate about whether or not that's something that people should be doing. I mean, they, they, so they raised the issue about the birth strike mu- movement, and actually, I think they slightly missed the point there. And, and Claire tried to try to um, cl- correct them and sort of clarify that the birth strike movement is about people who feel that it's um, not responsible to bring children into the world at the moment, given the trajectory that we're on as a planet. Yeah. It's not so much about telling people you shouldn't have children because it's irresponsible to the climate. Um, because actually, um, it's not in, you know people aren't born emitting carbon. It's the choices that they make. It's the things that they do that are causing the problem. Yeah. So there are people in um, other parts of the world who might have large families, but their overall carbon footprint is a fraction of a typical Westerner. So we, you know, we can make choices about the carbon we emit. Um, so it's not just about not having. Um, more people on the planet it's about what those people on the planet do and and that's why we need these big infrastructure changes that only government policy can uh, enact um, about the, changing the way that we travel uh, the way that our homes are heated the way that we build um you know the, these sort of major infrastructure things that yeah. yes we can make choices and we can decide to have a lower carbon diet you know eat less meat and dairy and, and make personal choices that um that reduce our carbon footprint um but we can't, we can't, those small changes, we're, we're way past the point that we can make the size of change that we need with those sorts of changes. We need big scale infrastructure changes. Um, and, and then, and then if, we're, if we're our individual carbon footprints, because we've got a, a world, um, if we're living in a world that enables people to live sustainably, then yeah, crack on and have kids. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, it's, not, it's not the actual person, it's, it's, not, it's what it's they not do, about, it's how not, they consume. It's not about going... You should only have one child because otherwise your carbon footprint is going to be bigger. It's and about. It's, it's more it's, about. I can't bring a child up in this world right now. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the birth strike movement is more. It's more about the. Yeah. The, more about the latter that it's I mean, irresponsible to bring to, a child into a, a planet that's going to be so catastrophic to live on in the next twenty thirty. I mean, we took at the rate we're going. We're talking about tipping over one point five degrees, which is when um, the consequences of climate change. Um, will start to get more catastrophic. We're looking at tipping over that threshold if we don't do something about it rapidly in around 2030. And that's before my children leave home. You yeah. know, I've got infant school yeah. age children. So we're, we're not talking in a couple of hundred years. We're talking about our children's in generation. Our lifetime, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. our grandchildren. And we've already delivered the one degree. So we're so the one and a half degree limit, we've only got a third of that left. So we've only got a half a degree to go essentially which is which is crazy and and i mean it's it's really interesting to see the way the public have come around plastic and plastic bags especially shrewsbury shrewsbury's brilliant like there's so many like carbon free shops and things like it's it's brilliant people are motivated but i think that they're sort of being sold the wrong solutions at the moment they're being told if you buy if you buy something different if you consume differently yeah but actually it's it's partly a bit about buying less um but also about stuff that um you know, con- not just buying something that's made out of something different, but just consuming less, throwing less away, reusing, repairing. And the harmful things that people buy as well, you know, like you don't need to buy all that makeup, love. You know, you don't, you, you <laughs> don't know where that's come from because um, there's all the part. Is it the palm oil and things that's used a lot yeah, yeah. in in in, uh, in well in cream, food and creams. yeah yeah. And- so, and that, so that brings us on to biodiversity, actually, which we've not touched on yet. Um, so, yeah, palm oil is destroying um, parts of the world. That should, should we explain to our listeners what palm oil is? Because some people probably wouldn't understand it. Um, uh, it's a vegetable oil from, yeah, palm, palm trees. trees. Palm trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is why they're, they're knocking down it's cheap. rainforests. Uh, yeah, and it, it's easy and it's a cash crop. and yeah, <clears throat> Which is why the, the guy from Brazil at the moment is on about, let's just cash in on knocking down all these trees and selling palm oil to the rest of the yeah. world. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. 
what can we do to to kind of move away from palm oil? What can we use instead of you know everything that's made with palm oil? Is there any any anything that you could suggest? Or is it just a case of like taking the, the, the something, reading the label, and going, "Ah, there's palm oil in that. I'm not going to buy that." Yeah. Yeah. So consumers do have power. So there is, you know, you can just choose not to buy things that have got ingredients in that you think are, are harmful. But again, I think we're, you know, we're all, we're talking at the level of individual lifestyle choices, consumption choices, and they can make a difference, but they can only make such a small difference. We're we're beyond that point. We need to we need someone to say right. We're not. It's illegal the, to yeah, put yeah, palm oil yeah. in this drink. It's yeah. a it's an, you can't use this type of packaging. Manufacturers yeah. can only use packaging that can have a complete full cycle. And I've seen some big companies, um, you know, that go like plastic free. There's there's a few companies that are jumping onto it now, which is great, but it depends what else they're doing yeah 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 it's not yeah. just they've got to make their money somewhere else and where are they going yeah. to be doing that yeah so not just having the sort of gimmick and everyone uncritically going oh they're great that's great they're plastic free but thinking about well what are they doing instead what other resource they're using has that got a bigger carbon footprint what's the yeah. life cycle of that material can it be recycled yeah. can it break down you know so so just being really responsible about the way we use resources and like you say part, part of that needs to come from government and say you know there are five types of plastics that you can use uh, yeah. and they can all be recycled and if you want yeah. to put packaging if you want to package your project your product in something then it has to be one of these so it's those sorts of levels of um, change but i think consumers making it clear that they're that they support this that they don't want that unsustainable stuff anymore they don't want products that are destroying biodiversity by ripping down parts of the rainforest you know that's a way of us communicating that we're behind this and that anybody politicians that aren't really moving on this are going to get voted out i think that's one of our biggest power partly yeah. we, we don't yeah. buy products from the companies that we don't like their ethics and we don't think they're being responsible towards our planet and we vote out any politician that isn't making this a serious priority and I think I think people get distracted, don't they? You know, there's a lot of uh, like I was quite I was quite concerned about doing this interview mainly because it's a, it's a it's quite politically charged. But you know what? The biggest that's not what we should be thinking about. We shouldn't be thinking about Boris versus Corbyn and you know right versus left. It's to think about what's what's right and what's sensible. What yeah. what, what does this... and, and more long term as well. You know, we've been distracted by the short term things around um, Brexit and um, you know. That's only the last couple of years, but we've been distracted by all the various political things that have gone on. I don't know the um, Iraq War, um, you know, over the last sort of couple of decades. They're they're all individually important and serious issues, but they are still small and short term issues. The, the how livable our planet is, yeah. and the kind of th destruction that we're talking about. We're going to see, you know, so immigration is something that's talked about a lot in the press, and yes. that's the sort of short term political. Um, point scoring issue we're going to see migration on a scale previously unimagined because of climate change um if we don't make radical action fast we're probably going to see massive migration anyway but it's the, the longer we leave it the worse it gets yeah. the more people are going to migrate so you know we're, we're really storing up massive problems for the long term by being distracted by all these smaller problems in the, in and the short is, term just this imagine is, all those people from norfolk coming and living in shrewsbury it's going to be terrible like. yeah oh dear <laughs> not norfolk um and this is where my idea of the uh the uh, united nations nasa type what is it, IP, ipcc with teeth sort of yeah IP, yeah the ipcc with teeth i like that um <laughs> they can come into play so they can look at infrastructure and and how things can change in the country where they're really struggling because of climate change that will stop migration right that will be more comfortable yeah. you know yeah. and yeah, make people's homes livable yeah. and i think to see the way the netherlands have, have approached this with the, the delta project so they yeah. invest billions and billions a year looking at how their country which is largely below sea level responds to rising sea levels yeah. and changes in climate and this is done with massive public support because i think people really understand this issue you know after the 1950s they lost you know hundreds and hundreds of people in a massive flood which also affected the east coast of the uk yeah 1950s yeah, time yeah. and uh, and yeah it's the way they're doing it is brilliant the way norway is approaching electric vehicles there's, there's just a dramatic and radical transformation of transport infrastructure charging points yeah. across norway the way germany is approaching the refurbishment of existing houses with really low-cost loans fabulous professional support for people to kind of make the changes that they need to yeah. and there's it's strange the kind of cultural way different countries approach this and there's something about the uk that's a bit funny i think in terms of the way 
we don't like change or we're... Yeah, yeah I, I, we like our traditions and we like things to yeah, same. Yeah, and small C conservative, even even with a even with a non-conservative government, we, yeah. we, we things tend to move quite slowly and I mean, I, I, was, in, I was in Belgium a few uh, a couple of years ago and I, I was blown away by their infrastructure, you yeah. know, how efficient it was and how, how smoothly things ran. And I was just kind of like, why can't we do that here? <laughs> I know there's not as... I don't know. Belgium, yeah, it's quite a high populated country compared to the UK, but still, you know, we can still make the changes. Like, like Scandinavia, like you're saying, like they've got this amazing way of life. Why? Mm-hmm. What are they doing different? Coming up, looking yeah. to that, and slowly start incorporating things that into our country. Yeah. You know, not that, not that slowly though. No, no not that slowly. No, well, they need to, <laughs> yeah. well, they yeah. at least need to start, don't they? They need, they need because. Yeah. Like, let's take it back to, like, what we were saying about, like, the uh, the birth strike sort of thing. Like, you know, because there was a point, a way I wanted to illustrate it, bring it down to, like, Alex terms. <laughs> because I want to explain to people, like, when when we look at Wally, for example, that movie, I love that as an example of things. Yeah, I always put that on when we're having Extinction Rebellion meetings yeah. at our house. I entertain my kids with Wally in the background because yeah. yeah. I feel like it's... <laughs> That scene, those those first scenes where you got Wally running around this absolutely devastated planet, uh, which is which is Earth, obviously, and then he goes up to to the ship uh, where the ship are, and there's people, these fat people floating around on the on the beds that float around, and they get food service and all sorts. Those people would have been like not point not 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 one percent of the population. The rest of the population would have died. Died, yeah, a lot of skeletons in amongst all that rubbish as well. Wouldn't yeah, there? so that is the devastating uh, so um, thing about but... Wally. So when people are saying, ah, I'm, I'm not going to have um, kids because I can't have them live, that, that's what they don't want to happen. They don't want their kids to have to live through that. But we can make the change to do it, right? Yeah, you, we can. It's um, not all doom and gloom, is, is it? No, but, but also it's, I think it's a, a proper and true test of humanity because it, even though climate change impacts are getting worse, it's still the biggest impact is going to be in 20, 30, 40, 50 years' time. But the action needs to be taken now. Yes. So there's this separation, and it's a true test of the politics and, and how we It is a bit abstract, kind of you know. It, it's not, you know, we're starting to see, we are in, we are in starting to see climate crisis already. Um, but yeah, it's just that this is the, the tip of the iceberg, as it were. You know. so they're talking about Greenland now, Greenland's mountain. Melting, like melting, yeah, yeah, and that's a seven meter rise in sea levels if Greenland melts because it's it's above water level, unlike yeah. other other sea ice. Yeah, it's unbelievable, you know. I think it, you know, it's starting to shift. People are starting to see it. The news are starting to report it in a responsible manner, which is is in like you know actually giving a sense of the scale of this as a real priority and a and a, a global disaster. And you say it's not all doom and gloom. I think people need to get their heads around. The fact that it, it could very, yeah, very yeah, seriously absolutely. and realistically and imminently be serious doom and gloom if we don't do something. So yeah. it's about catalyzing people to action and joining an organization think, like ours to amplify their voice, to pressure the government to actually to act. I think the best way to put that is uh, it's either doom or gloom. It's up to you. <laughs> like, that's the best way to do it, because, you know, it's only if we start acting now. And I don't I don't I have I don't have any faith. And I, 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 like I try to be as honest as I can. I mean, I'm not owned by Rupert Murdoch. I can see what the hell I like, but yeah. um, I just don't think I can't see the big countries like America, UK, China, things like that just been going. Okay, we'll just change because it, it's just not going to happen. Well, China are actually on yeah. course. Oh, China, actually, no, that, take that back. We were just talking actually yeah, earlier yeah. in the podcast about the changes China are making. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and it's partly because the issue that they face is is a, an immediate kind of acute issue yeah. Of, yeah. of air yeah. pollution, and, yeah. and they see that, and and they are changing their transport. You know, in terms of the. Yeah. Electric vehicle growth rates. India as well. Uh, India, I've seen yeah. it. we've seen a lot about India. Yeah, and Huge. it's almost those countries that suffer with pollution in a way, and because we don't so much in this country that that it is more of a kind of chronic problem that's coming, um, and we don't see it or in quite the same way. Happening somewhere else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is there anything that you've seen going on in the UK that has been encouraging? Is there anything that that you know? Picking good things out of the bad things. Is there anything, any changes that we've made that are encouraging? Yeah, I think the Committee on Climate Change. So that that was established. So you know, with with responsibility um, for reducing. So that was, I think, Ed Miliband that put that in place. Sort of, mm-hmm. you know, mid two thousands, um, and and they set a series of carbon budgets uh, of which we have met the first few. I think we're increasingly struggling now to meet 
the later carbon budgets through to kind of 2030. Yeah. Uh, so I think we need a lot more legislation, a lot more policy changes to enable that because we've seen onshore wind dramatically fall off you know with with government yeah. not really allowing that in quite the same way it did a few years ago the subsidies for things like photovoltaics solar energy uh, have now disappeared so that's fallen significantly um, the government's intention to have carbon neutral new homes um, was scrapped that was supposed to be in place mm. in 2016 uh, so there's and then the refurbishment of existing homes which I'm really passionate about the, the 20 odd million homes we have there was something called the Green Deal which you may remember a few years ago yeah, which they, just they, lost its way and was a bit complicated and expensive they were going around um, insulating everybody's houses weren't they and stuff absolutely and that was supposed to pay for itself out of the savings you made over the next 20 yeah. years so yeah, a really ni- neat idea and Germany has something very um, similar but it works really well over but there but then we tweaked and the deal and it didn't actually quite pay for itself yeah, and, and it interest rates were too high it was seven eight percent interest rates for the loan and stuff and and that collapsed and and so there's lots of things that we haven't quite followed through on ask individual consumers to take a huge short-term hit if you know they need they it needs to be beneficial in the short term as well so changing to a greener energy supplier needs to be um you know have some advantage that overall yeah um they're gonna um you know have better insulation so they save a bit of money as well as knowing that they're contributing yeah um but the way the way I see it is that it's like a, it's like an oil tanker. Um, it's a massive, huge thing that we need to turn around, and that's gonna, uh, you know, in order to turn it in the opposite direction, is going to be an almighty feat. And we're not quite turning it in the other direction yet, but we are putting the brakes on. So yeah. you know, we've we, the government have acknowledged there's a cr- climate crisis. Our, our local authorities, the county, Shropshire County Council, have declared a climate emergency. So have our town, town council. Local authorities across the UK are recognising the scale of the crisis. Um, it's and, crazy and now, that now that we need the, the serious action that actually delivers on doing something about that. It's crazy that I mean, it's great that you know counties can do that, but we don't need that. We need we need the, the UK government to go climate emergency. You know, well That's they have the, declared, they have acknowledged that there is one. Yeah, uh, and well, what they're doing about net zero it, yeah. target. So and they've set a net zero target, and but it's a twenty fifty, which nation is, in the world to have done that. So yeah, that there are. It's progress, but it's it's small progress, and we need big progress, and we need faster progress. Yeah, so it's like, oh, thanks for listening to us, but um, uh, <laughs> let's 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 hurry things up, guys. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, let's talk about Extinction Rebellion a little bit because uh, you guys, are, how long has Extinction Rebellion kind late, of been going? Late last year, so late last yeah. year, so nine months, fresh. ten months. It, well, yeah, the first the first big action was last uh, October, I want to say, in London, where they blocked some bridges. Um, and yeah, that, so that was last that was autumn. crazy. So Everybody was, was talking about that, you know. Yeah, it's come a long way in in less than a year. Um, yeah, yeah. and you've seen you've got I branches think. like all around the world now, you know, because of all this. Um, and how is the feedback been? Have you, are you slowly growing in numbers, or are you fast, quickly growing in We're numbers? Quickly growing in numbers. Yeah. yeah. So after after each of these big eye catching events, we have a massive surge of of membership. We've noticed, oh. um, so particularly after the London event, uh, rebellion. Um, we went from having, um, you know, about 100-ish members of sort of local people, probably who'd involved, been involved in the climate and environmental movement for a long time in, you know, Friends of the Earth and various local green um, organisations. So those were the people that sort of kicked off Shrewsbury XR. Um, but then it started becoming, after the London Rebellion, um, much more mainstream. We're getting people, you know, lots of people who've not been previously involved and a lot of young people. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, was um, shot up to about 700 members. I was walking around, where was I? I was in Cork. Yeah. It was in Cork, I saw it, and there was a, an XR spray painted on the wall. I was like, "Ah, oh, I'm speaking to them." See, <laughs> great, yeah. <laughs> so something in Cork there, um, and you know, it, so you, you grow in numbers. You're getting people uh, to sort of listen to you. What can we do to kind of speed things up a bit? You know, let's let's create a, an XR kind of army. Let's let's push things forward. Just carry on doing what you're doing. We've got things planned. Mm. to try and raise awareness yeah there's stuff planned so we have um an earth strike uh 20th of september so Ooh, what's that 
<laughs> What's an earth strike? So it's we're supporting uh, another group whose idea this is. So yeah, so people are going to go on strike from their jobs. Um, so the school the strike. School, the school, the ch- school children have been I've seen a lot of that as well. On yeah, Fridays yeah. for yeah. a while, they're asking the adults to join in basically and show their support and actually have some economic impact to the strike. So on the Friday, the twentieth of September, the school strikers who strike on Friday are asking grown-ups to go on on strike from their jobs. Um, to show serious commitment to this issue, create some economic impact, get the government to pay a bit more attention. Because like you say, you know, that's the level. It's the government that we need to start changing the policies to make this this oil tanker turn around. Is there any sort of fresh ideas that you got? I mean, this is great. Um, Strikes and protests, it's, it's, it's things that people do quite commonly but is there is there some i mean say quite commonly they have an amazing effect obviously because extinction rebellion i hear in my kitchen um but is there is there anything fresh anything new i mean to come up with something new and original would be you know it's quite hard isn't it but is there something you guys got planned that you think might be quite groundbreaking i don't know it's a difficult question well, yeah, I mean, there was the Heathrow drones thing, which has now been abandoned. There was a lot of tension within XR over oh, that. Yeah. So I don't know if you heard that in the media recently. Yeah. So that was planned. That that has been decided that it, it was too radical and that that's not going to go ahead. There's, there's also um, the next nationwide rebellion on the 7th of October. So that's a 10-day, sorry, a 12-day... Um, so this this is what's different about XR, yeah. is these, these extended periods of non-violence, civil disobedience, uh, um, sort of focused on the capital. So actually having economic impact on our capital by blocking the roads, blocking the bridges. Um, and that's what happened in April. And the, the same is planned again for October. And not just for one day, because that's, what, that's what's been done in the past. And that, yeah. you know, people... People pay attention and go, oh, yeah, that's and then they forget about it and go about their everyday business. But when you do it day after day after day, then there starts to be like serious um, media attention and businesses saying this is affecting us. Government, can you do something about this? Um, so it actually, you know, those prolonged um, periods, you know, there were people literally camped at, at Marble Arch, you know, for, for two weeks. Uh, and we're, we're planning that again. Um, to you know, to have a, a major impact to really get the government to go the next level. So we we think we got we made a big impact in April um, by getting the climate um, emergency declared by Parliament. Yeah, now you just need to kick their butts. And, into, and now yeah, yeah, we've just got to keep going because you know just you know that that isn't enough. That's the very beginning. Yeah. But um, a thousand people were arrested and they're going through the courts. So I think all of those are going to be. So yeah, mass mass yeah. civil disobedience. Um, um, you know, amongst ordinary people like us who've oh, got gosh. jobs and kids, and, <laughs> you know, and are worried about the future. Just ordinary people um, participating in mass um, civil disobedience, blocking roads, going on strike from work. That is um, XR's sort of radical tactic, if you like. That's what's different is, about it us. Is, it is radical. It is quite radical. It's it's weird because I I would like to show my support for Extinction Rebellion, but I couldn't go on strike because my job is very important to me. Uh, you yeah. know, I've got and I so, bet there's lots of people that do yeah, that. no, there's lots of people who are in jobs that are too precarious to do that, um, or you know, for whatever reason, they feel it's not appropriate for them to. Um, to go on strike or to get arrested. So, you know, I'm a member of Extinction Rebellion, but I don't plan to do something that it gets me arrested. Um, so, yeah, it's it, you, you, it's not that you can only be involved if you're willing to make that level of commitment. Yeah. You know, there's all sorts of different things that need to be done um, it, it behind the scenes and, you know, actions that don't involve getting arrested. Um, you can do these roadblocks, but you can move off when the police um, ask you to move. So that's what people get arrested for, is if the police ask you to move from a roadblock and then you refuse, then they give you a warning and you can choose to stay. And then you, you might get arrested if you if you don't do anything, if you choose. It's all, about, it's all about getting your banners out there, isn't it? It's all about letting people know why yeah, you do we it. Can, you know, if, 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 if 100,000 people turn up to these roadblocks... Yeah, I mean, maybe a few thousand of them will be arrested, but they will be the people who choose to be arrested. You know, it's yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. their they decide so, that's so, appropriate. It's tactic not violent, for them, but, is it? Is you just standing there, yeah, blocking the way? Yeah, non-violent. And and Extinction Rebellion have this ambition of trying to get three and a half percent of the population mobilised to then create this system change. So that's the magic number. Can you can you trust that many people to do things peacefully though? I mean, yeah, realistically. so far, I think so it's far, been amazing. It's gone, and it's, been inc- uh, it's, a, it's a really interesting organisation to be part of. It's not, not like any organisation I've been in before. It's very supportive. There's a lot of focus on looking after people and on regeneration um, and on reflecting on learning from our actions and then building on them, yeah. but looking after each other. It's quite, you know, there's a lot of focus on that, um, but also on um, 
during the actions, feeding people, communicating with the public to make sure that people understand what we're doing and apologising. You know, we realise we're holding up your day. We realise this is going to have consequences for you but we think a bigger a bigger um negative is 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 coming down the road if we don't do something now so it's about (laughs) the proportionality of the of the impact yes you're stuck in a traffic jam now or you might not be able to get okay i'm sorry mr rogers you're going to be 20 minutes late for work but the earth is going to end (laughs) the world is going to end so you know um i get it i mean i i really i really love what you guys are doing because i would like to see some changes made too everybody does you know it's just about how can we um what's the best way to do it without you know putting your own sort of life in jeopardy sounds daft it sounds like a really extreme but like if i didn't go to work because i was on strike i'd lose my job i'd lose my house yeah you know people have got to you know and and i've got the same i've got young children there's a tension between looking after their short-term needs which Mm. is they need me to have a job and to to to, you know to not be in prison (laughs) so what ways but they also need a planet to live on in the future so you know so 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 i've got to sort of balance my responsibility towards them in the future as well as my responsibility towards them in the short term um, so yeah, so I'm doing I'm I'm doing all the non-violent direct action that doesn't involve getting arrested. Um, I'm looking into what, what would, might be the consequences if I go on strike. But there's all sorts of ways that people can sh- show solidarity. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah, yeah that's great. <laughs> ways that people can show solidarity with the strike if they choose if they think it's not appropriate for them or you know their job would be at risk or in some way you know it's it's too big a risk for them. Um, so suggestions like um, going outside and going on standing on strike for. Um, say 11 minutes at 11 o'clock because the IPCC have told us we've got 11 years left to um, to make serious changes to keep the global warming under 1.5 degrees is, which is this sort of critical tipping point where things will get a lot worse if we go above that yeah. so wait uh, you know or wearing green badges or um, maybe on that day um, um, writing to their chief exec or writing to their MP or those you know taking some time out of that day to do something so there's lots of different ways that people can be involved even if they like you say feel that the, the personal risk would be too great it's just trying to find a way as well to, to burst people's bubble. People are living inside their own little bubbles. You know, they're kind of like, yeah. I've got a nice house. I've got a nice car. I've got a good job. You know, um, I've got a season ticket at United or whatever. You yeah. know, people are just yeah. um, wrapped up in their own little world, which is which is acceptable. It's fine. But it's like, well, actually, you know what? Your, your, your three litre uh, Jaguar is actually a bit too much, you know? So it's trying to reach those people, isn't it? You know, and it's good that you've got you've got you guys that are organising these great events, and you've got people that can speak uh, on behalf of you guys in such a in such an eloquent way because you got uh, what's her name um, Greta Thunberg, uh, no. the lady from the oh Claire Claire, Claire, Claire. Farrell yeah, yeah yeah, and how many people have you got on there that you could quite happily go here's the news team talk how many people is, is you got quite a, few, a good team of people behind you so claire farrell is from, yeah. the, from the national xr yeah. team um so the way xr works is um it's what's called holocratic which um it's a word i've not come across until i joined xr <laughs> and basically it means that each individual organization locally is is kind of self-organizing there's no hierarchy as such we do our own thing as long okay. as it's in keeping with the um the XR three demands and the ethos of XR and the non-violence um, in particular, you crack on and do your own thing. So, um, so we're yeah, there is there is no hierarchy. We're not led by the national team. So, um, just a, a slight side angle on that. There was an interview on Radio Four the other day um, with somebody that was saying that um, they were trying to undermine XR and saying that we were being. Um, the members were being duped and that it was anarchism with a smile and that the leaders of XR, as they kept referring to them, um, were, um, you know, trying to bring about this basically a sort of a revolution um, and a change in the It's another system. one of those goddamn hippie kind of yeah, things, isn't it, it, you know? It was, it was quite alarmist, <sighs> but um, one, you know, it's completely, it's completely not true. And, and one of the um, counter-arguments to that is that we're not led by the national team. We are, everyone in XR is sort of autonomous and we do our own thing. We're not, uh, we're not being told what to do. We're not following orders. And um, we attend events if we want to. We, you know, we're responsible for ourselves and we organise our own things. So anyway, so so Claire Farrell is um, is um, in London, XR, um, and she's very good. I've seen her on national TV a couple of times. She she seems excellent. Locally, we've we've got a handful of people who are kind of confident to speak to the media. Yeah. We've got a lot of expertise locally. Um, maybe not everyone's that um, confident about talking in an interview, or but we've got a huge amount of expertise within our 
of people who've been involved in the environmental movement for decades, um, and, you know, and know about the history of what f- different things have yeah. been tried and what's, I mean, what's worked and what's, what's not worked particularly. Economically, economically, you'd need to have the mind of Alan Turing to be able to, or someone that, that brilliant to be able to work out like, okay, so say we get rid of Shell. Yeah, there's no more or BP or anything like that. Let's get rid of them. Where What happens then to the economy? You know, it's one of those things. It's, it's a huge problem, isn't it? You know, it, like how do you, how do you solve a problem like that? And I think that's that is the biggest issue, isn't it? You know? Yeah, I think we. I don't think there's one solution. Yeah, uh, there's not one solution. And and I think we cited earlier. You know, if we have Norway's transport policy and Germans' refurb yeah. policy and you know you you can see examples from all around the world of amazing ways in which society is solving this problem which is which is why i asked like you know who have you got that, that that's intelligent enough to try and like, yeah <laughs> it is this going back to anna's point this citizens assembly this yeah. this idea of of Taking like, uh, expert yeah, evidence. Yeah, taking expert evidence. And a cross-section um, of society deciding. We're not saying that we know the answers and that, no. it, and that it should be up to yeah, us. Yeah. So that's another counter-argument to this idea that we're, we're anarchism with a smile, is that, um, that we're not suggesting... Um, you know, overthrowing the government, we're yeah. suggesting a citizens' assembly you're, where a cross-section of society gets consulted. Take your resources from here. Stop putting your attention over here and put it over here where it really is really needed. Yeah. That's what and, you're and, saying. And have a truly democratic, you know, like a jury service approach to deciding how we're going to do that. So we're not saying that it's up to us. You know, okay. we're well, just saying that we we want the question to be asked of the people. How can the uh, the people of Shrewsbury help you guys? Ooh. Well, get involved. Yeah. Um, so. Um, we have a website, so xrshrewsbury.org. Um, yep. You can go there to find out what's going on locally. And then also the National Extinction Rebellion website is, you know, beautiful. It says, you know, talks about the principles and why this is happening. So have a look there. Um, we also have a, an email address, xr.shrewsbury at gmail.com. Uh, yeah. We have a, an active Facebook group. Um, so we've got a, f- a public Facebook page where we share lots of information, but we've also got a closed group um, of coming up for 800 members now so if people are interested and if they're on facebook then to join that um of course lots of people don't use facebook so we you know there are other ways to contact us as oh, richard sorry. said oh, sorry as richard said the the website and the and email we um as of september we're starting a regular monthly meeting um that's going to be at unison which is um a building um just behind shire hall and okay. it's going to be the first Tuesday in the, of the month in the evening. That will be our regular public meeting. So anyone who wants to get involved, come along to that. I'll just say that, you know, personal changes do count. You know, things that you can do to lower your carbon in, in footprint are, you know, are important um, and worth doing. But actually what's really going to make the big changes is if people who care about this add their voices to other voices to amplify you know, as a, if we can to collectively demand that our government makes the big scale, scale changes that we as individuals can't make. You know, we can't change our transport infrastructure by buying something slightly different yeah. or deciding not to eat so much meat or dairy. We, you know, we can't change the way that our um, that, that um, businesses are heated or what pollution is created. Or stop somebody from destroying the Amazon rainforest. We can't do yeah, that. But yeah, but what we can do is join together and amplify our voices and do things like non-violent civil disobedience that pressure our government into making seri- the kind of scale and rapid action that we need. And looking for about 2 million people across the UK to be actively involved with XR would be enough to create that system change. Yeah. Do you think they do enough in schools about this? Um, you know, educating children on, on what is actually going on on the planet right now? I mean, it's a hard question because you're not at school yourselves. So yeah. yeah, but um, I think there's a lot going on. In it's improving. I think I, it's the yeah. I think it's like it's like everything in this movement. It's improving. Yeah. Probably think, needs more yeah. faster. But the wonderful Greta, you know, is is engaging young people and showing what's possible. You know, yeah. as a young person herself, in terms of the way she's talking about this issue and what she's doing, I think is is wonderful. So yeah, I think the kids um, can teach us a lot. Yeah. I think so too, and I think I think that's one of the 
one of the solutions, isn't it, is to to get to the youth. You know, not get to the youth. That sounds really bad. Let's let's get them. Let's get to them. Yeah, before they can yeah, pinch it's it, more but, about yeah, it's educating about them and and en- enabling them to do what they find their own solutions it's not about us deciding for well, them we haven't been able to do anything have we? as well, much as we've tried well. yeah you know yeah and i was down in london and there was a bunch of of um the youth group down there talking to to daniel kovchinski um he came out of parliament um uh, and and pretty much every parliamentary constituency had people f- there being represented and the young people were just brilliant to see in- engaging you know even some as young as 11 and 12 talking confidently about the issues i think that's really powerful in terms of the impact that that can have on our politicians yeah and some, somebody came up with a suggestion on our facebook group yesterday that um that actually maybe that's the level we should be pitching this at is um engaging our politicians children if our politicians are failing to to act for us we you know we write an open letter to boris johnson's children and realize there's some controversy over how many there are but um <laughs> you know you, you you write you write to the cabinet's children in an open public letter and say look this is this is what needs to happen this is what your future is going to look like your your parents have the responsibility for making these changes that can change your future so um you know educate um putting pressure at that level as well yeah absolutely um you know, if there's anything like we can do to help, there's only so much I can, I can do with the biscuit, obviously. Um, but you, we, I like, I like to give you guys a voice, uh, something to, you know, a way to say what you wanted to say. You know, this this thing at Barclays that you did was fantastic, and I read that you know Barclays, um, big banks are responsible for. Um, invest, investing, investing, <laughs> investing in in really bad products and things. Um, so it was good to give you that opportunity. Is there anything else that you guys would like to communicate to people? I just I just want to say a little bit about the Shropshire angle because um, obviously the, um, Shropshire being the birthplace of the industrial revolution, we feel that we've got a sort of unique place in this um, yeah. in this issue. Um, not that um, not that the Global warming is Shropshire's fault, but um, it, it started with an acceleration um, of emissions that began with that. And we feel that we can be at the forefront of um, the next industrial revolution, which is a sustainable one. Yeah. So we and and also being the place that Darwin came from, um, the world's most famous uh, naturalist. So mm. our um, our slogan for our first public event that we had in February, which was um, to celebrate Darwin's birthday as well as um, Valentine's Day, was. Um, was to love your planet and what would Darwin do? Um, so yeah, so we 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 want Shropshire Council to recognise that we have a unique place in this and that we could really be at the forefront of the next very influential. Room. Yeah, you've got like um, almost a response, not as a responsibility. It's probably the wrong wrong thing to say, but like this is the epicentre for what went bad. Let's make it the epicentre of what absolutely what we can do yeah good. yeah. So we're in a climate emergency. Things are progressing very fast. Um, business as usual isn't an option um, we need to take this emergency mentality um, and start um, sort of acting like we do in times of war so adopting uh, you know an all hands on deck to solve this problem until the situation is secured sort of mentality um, so yeah achieving carbon neutrality is our, must be our absolute priority and the, we just ask people to join an organisation like XR and amplify your voice Um and the reason that I joined XR is because I thought if I don't do it, who who will? Yeah. When you say all hands on deck, I just don't know. I, I'm trying to get my head around what people like immediately say. Like I wanted to. Uh, I kind of meant into in relation to government policy. Yeah, like, yeah kind of. Ev- every policy needs to have um, to, to to be tested against the criteria yeah, of what yeah. will it do in relation to the. So you know, n- no, all the you know the fossil fuels need to stay in the ground. Um, Heathrow third runway policy needs to be cancelled any infrastructure um, projects that make the problem worse need to be cancelled and every policy yeah locally the northwest relief road any any um, policy that adds to the current problem and contributes to the culture of um of emitting and and um traveling in the way that we do um and yeah, so every policy needs to be examined against the criteria yeah. of whether or not it's adding to the problem or, or, or adding to the solution. That's what I meant by all hands on deck. Really. Yeah, I was it's sort say, of a... I'm just running around going, all hands on deck, ah, what do I do? Um, yeah, I get but yeah, ev- yeah, everyone having it at the forefront of their mind as being and, the, and just the issue that we need to deal with. Being aware, being aware, that's the most important thing, being aware and being active with... Uh, with yeah, that's... Being aware to start, start being active is what counts. Yeah, 
Yeah. So yeah, so come to a meeting locally. Yeah, yeah they're really friendly. Um, you know, you can come and get get a feel for for what's going on. Obviously, there's the 20th of September, Friday, for the Earth Strike. You know, whether you you do strike the whole day or just get involved or find out what's going on, and that's being led by by the young people. And if you do have young people, maybe you might want to find out what they're peers and colleagues are doing on that particular day and then the nationwide rebellion 7th of october um uh, hopefully lots and, of and next time you get an opportunity to vote then vote out anybody who's not making this the absolute priority yeah we didn't get an opportunity to vote this time did we it's just like you get boris that's what you get yeah um we might, we might get a chance soon <laughs> yeah, maybe um okay well guys it's been Really cool talking to you guys. I'd say it's really cool. It's quite scary, actually. <laughs> and, you know, what talking about what's going to happen. But No, thanks very much. We really appreciate you no, showing you know, interest and, if, you know, helping us to get our message out because that's what it's about. We are we are just ordinary Shrewsbury residents. The XR Shrewsbury is made up of, you know, teachers and nurses and solicitors and business owners and carers and parents and grandparents and, you know, religious people and yeah. not religious people. And, you know, we, we are a cross-section and we want, we want people to understand that, really. We're not... Um, you know we're not radical um, we think radical action is needed but a lot of us are people who've not been previously involved in this sort of thing but we're, we're, we're frightened by what's going to happen if we don't do something about it now and my message to, to the people of Shrewsbury or whoever's going to listen to this as well is I've got an open mind okay I, look, I see things like this and I'm like okay I, I want to explore this I want, I, want to, I want to discover what's going on here what's really going on I don't look at something that's different something I don't understand and immediately uh, attack it with hate I don't yeah. sit there and go... Or we'll run in the oh, opposite direction and feel frightened by it. Look yeah. at these idiots lying on the bank floor. What's going on here? Like, you know, yeah. uh, it's it's more like, okay, why are they doing this? So, what, yeah, why are ordinary people taking their Saturday afternoon out to do that? Like, what would motivate them yeah. to do that? Yeah. I've got a deposit to make. Move off the floor. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> I, don't, um, I, I want to explore what's going on because I'm curious. I would like to encourage my listeners to be curious don't don't look at something that's different and automatically get angry about it try and discover what is going on you know look in the papers look look find out get a card off someone get a leaflet google it find out what's going on don't automatically think this is a bad thing because this is this is a good thing you know they're trying to enforce not enforce encourage changes to the world that would benefit every single one of us so this is something we should all kind of be aware of yeah yeah and I'd, I'd encourage your listeners to to update themselves, feel a little bit of the fear, and then do something about it. Yeah, yeah, and get rid of that three litre Jaguar. It's uh, it's doing no one anyone <laughs> famous. Drive it once a month, maybe. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining me, guys. Thank and you very uh, much. we're here for you guys whenever you need it cool. to talk about anything. Cheers, Alex. Thanks, Alex. Pleasure Thank you very you. much, guys. Uh, make sure you give this episode a share. Tell people about us because uh, without you guys, we wouldn't be anywhere. And you know, uh, the show's going somewhere and it's because people enjoy what we're doing so um we've got a busy month for you now i will uh update you all that up with that on our facebook you can check it out we're the shoes with biscuit podcast if you've got anything to add uh, any comments you'd like to make about this episode or any other episodes drop me an email uh biscuit podcast at gmail.com i'd love to hear off you thank you very much guys and peace out <laughs>